Welcome to Launchpad, the unique radio show and podcast that celebrates new book releases and the authors that created them. Now, let's take off with your host, Grace Salmon. Welcome to the premiere episode of Launchpad. I couldn't be more excited. Today we have four amazing authors who will bring you their stories of their book stories, their launches, and their entire episodes about how they have worked to get their books to today. We're going to start out with the award-winning, best-selling author, Barbara Conry, who's just releasing her new book, my secret to keep with tamara pelosi she'll be sharing her recipe for empowering your life a woman's guidebook to self-empowerment which ripped from the headlines news story about her life and the challenges and she'll be empowering each of us as we listen leslie rasmussen has written an award-winning book happily ever after no it's after happily ever after. It's a laugh out loud, but also very serious story about living in that sandwich generation. And last but not least, we've got Elizabeth Sumner Waffler, whose wonderful book, Topanga Canyon, deals with intrigue, scandal, and a pathway home. I couldn't be more excited to bring these diverse voices to our launch pad today. If you're joining us live, please feel free to make comments. We're so excited that you're here and we want you to interact with each of our authors. So thank you so much and join us. Barbara Conry, why don't you start us out? Okay, well, I'd like to start by saying thank you so much for inviting me to Launchpad. I am super excited to be here and to be in your very first show. Um, Yes, my secret to keep is releasing one week from today, so I'm a little bit nervous uh, and excited, super excited, but um, it came about, this book came about when I started writing Nowhere Near Goodbye. Um, I fell in love with Maggie Bryan. She is a secondary character in Nowhere Near Goodbye, and I decided I needed to know a little bit more about her, and how better to do that than to write her story. So that is how My Secret to Keep started. As I said, it is a prequel. It is also a standalone. Both books are standalones. You don't need to read Nowhere Near Goodbye first. But of course, I wish that you would because (laughs) that's my very first book, baby. So My Secret to Keep follows Maggie through her emotional journey from a young girl who doesn't love herself to a mature woman who only understands that she has the right to live her life as she chooses when it's too late. From her teen years well into her 60s, Maggie is a victim of the times she lives in and of the secrets and lies that threaten to destroy her until finally she sees that she has sacrificed too much and she learns to accept herself. So I hope everybody loves this book. It is definitely the story, the love of my life, this story. And I've had the joy of reading this, and it's a a perfect prequel. Tamara, tell us about your very different um, story. And I just want to welcome, we've got um, a dozen people watching us, and we've got wonderful welcoming comments. So Tamara, tell us about you. Oh, hi, and thank you so much for having me, Grace. And I feel I feel so honored to be sharing this time with Leslie, Elizabeth, and Barbara. Um, my book is, I call it unique. 
because the first half of my book, I share my own life story uh, about living in a 20 year emotionally abusive dysfunctional marriage. And also about <clears throat> how my children and myself, we lived on the sidelines of, of a very uh, publicized murder case from 2001 to 2004. And after that three-year investigation was over, my husband at the time was found guilty and sentenced to 25 years to life. So then it goes through all the trials and tribulations of what I've been through. And then the second half of the book is how I picked up the pieces of my shattered life and I faced my negative behavior patterns of why did I stay in an abusive relationship? And in the book, I like to call uh, my negative behavior patterns lemons. And that can be, you know, my fear, my anxiety, my anger, resentment, depression, guilt. And then how I added the necessary tools to heal. And I call them the healing ingredients. You know, I had to have courage and faith and forgiveness and gratitude and self-awareness and boundaries. And I go into all of that. Um, so it's these ingredients that actually made me smile again, find peace and joy in my life, and actually restored my life. Uh, you know, many years ago, my pastor um, had said, you know, God's going to use your shameful experiences in a way that you could never imagine. And I literally could not comprehend how a person so broken as myself could even help another. But today, almost 20 years later, I get it. I understand. I'm on a mission now to share my experience, strength, and hope. Um, to any woman who wants to start their own journey towards self-love and self-empowerment and to become the chef of their own life. So that is what my book is about. And the second half does have, um, you know, exercises to do to delve a little bit deeper um, to change your, your behavior patterns. So is it a memoir, Tamara? It's a, the first part is a memoir. <laughs> the second half is a self-help guide. So that's why I said it's very unique. Nice. Yeah. And experience, strength, and hope. We all need that. Mm. Leslie, a very different book as well. Yes. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is oh, just pleasure. a thrill to be on your first show. Um, it was funny because listening to Barbara, her characters, her main character's name is Maggie, as is mine. Um, uh -huh. My book is After Happily Ever After. And I wanted to write a book that women, especially in the middle of their life, when they were trying to make decisions about where the rest of their life is gonna go um, and how that happens. And I talked to a lot of people and I decided to write a book that would be very relatable to a lot of women, but men have read it too. So it's the story of Maggie who is 45 years old and she's having a hard time dealing with getting older. Mm -hmm. And she was once a high powered executive and she gave up her job 17 years before to raise her only daughter. And now her daughter is getting very close to going off to college. So she's dealing with the idea of an empty nest. She has a marriage which has always been wonderful, but her husband lately has been going through something that he hasn't communicated to her and she's not exactly communicating to him. So they're both at this impasse where they're not really talking. And she knows he's hiding something, but she can't really figure out what it is. And so she's dealing with that. She's also dealing with a narcissistic mother and a brother who resents her and she doesn't know why. And the one person in her life who is really important to her is her father. And he starts to have these medical issues and she has to deal with that also. So Maggie's at this crossroads in her life, trying to figure out where to go with her, her life. 
And all these things overwhelm her. And she begins to kind of go down the rabbit hole. And she starts to make these decisions that could blow up the life that she has always loved and built. And she doesn't know what this journey is going to take her on. And the book really deals with the sandwich generation, empty nest, marriage, long-term marriage, family, and aging parents. And so it, that's why I wrote the book, though, so a lot of people could really feel like they weren't alone in the world dealing with all these things. It's very relatable. And I found it amazing that I could be laughing out loud. You do a beautiful job uh, with you. humor in the in the middle of all of this. And our audience is growing today. We've got a lot of people who are saying, glad they've made it. Hello, oh, two Maggies, um, very relatable books. And now, Elizabeth, tell us about your book. Last well, but definitely not least. I'm also honored to be here with all of you and Grace, you're the best. <laughs> Thank you. Um, congratulations on your first show. Um, so I want to tell you about Topanga Canyon. It's first a mother-daughter story, and it's told from the point of view of both Dare, the mother Dare, and her estranged daughter, Caroline. I couldn't resist naming um, the main character Dare, Dare, because I had a tagline um, that I imagined before I ever put my hands on the keyboard. Um, and that tagline is Prim Candy Empire heiress Dare O'Day has never done a reckless thing in her life. Oh. Or so her estranged version 2.0 hippie daughter Caroline believes. So Dare is this frugal features editor, even though she's a, you know, an heiress. She's a features editor for a small town Virginia newspaper. And she's haplessly involved in a scandal that rocks her world. She needs to get out of town fast. Acting on a hunch that it could be her last chance to build an authentic relationship with Caroline, Dare and her one-eared rescue dog head for Caroline's intentional community in California named Critopia. And Grace, I wanted to mention our books have this in common, um, Grace has painted this beautiful picture of an intentional community with elderly people um, and I, in the eaves, of course. And I believe this, this um, practice originated in Sweden, but it's really caught on, ca caught on and is still catching on in the U.S. as groups of friends are they want to care for each other as they age um, instead of going into like assisted living. But at Crutopia, Caroline lives with other millennials, including her hot surfer boyfriend, Griffin, who shares the same values such as sustainability, but also work remotely at real jobs on their computers. Um, so Dare arrives and she is a total fish out of water here. Uh, where the crew raise and chase chickens, use only natural products. Dare's always looking for Febreze where they want to use sage to, you know, purify their home. Um, and they raise and chase chickens and grow much of their own food in this riotous garden where dangerous creatures often lurk. So you'll find intrigue, suspense, and a life-changing second chance romance for Dare. I love second chance romances. Um, in my favorite flashback character, we meet um, Dare, Dare's mother, Candy Company CEO mother, Taft Taffy Marston, 
the matriarchal detachment began with her aloof parenting of Dare that influenced Dare's ability to connect with Caroline. But her 18th summer, Caroline sneaks away to meet for the first time her grandmother, now retired, um, and she finds this overall wearing bohemian um, Virginia gardener. Um, and she picture Weezer in Still Magnolias, and she's like that, but she's sweeter. So lots going on in your book that I can already relate to so many of the other books. Scandal, I'm going right back to Tamara, uh, Tamara here. So we have these four very different books. And what I like to do in every single one of my episodes, whether it's on the storytellers or now as we launch into Launchpad, is to build some commonalities between things. So Tamara, I'm going to go back to you. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit more about your book and tell us where the connections are perhaps that you might hear between some of your other authors here today. Uh, well, I hear the connections because they are making, you know, they have these stories and just such great uh, storylines. It sounds, you know, but my storyline is my life. And, um, you know, so it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's all true what I'm writing. So I think that's the difference, but you have these characters that you've fallen in love with and, that you know came to life for you in this storyline and it's so great but for me my storyline is my life but it was very cathartic for me when i when i wrote the first half of the book and then very rewarding to be able to then take what i've learned and be able to hopefully pass it on to somebody else i can't imagine or, or i can't i don't know about the other authors here to have been torn really from the headlines and also you talked about living on the sidelines because mm -hmm. each of us you know who who are authors our characters are quite real to us mm -hmm. but it's very very different when you have lived a life where your husband is convicted of murder mm -hmm. and you have children to raise as well are there some secrets to turning your lemons into lemonade if you will the secrets well i had to have a lot of faith and i think what happened was you know, living in a 20 year after, you know, he was sentenced, I really had to take a look at my life. Like, why, why did I stay in an abusive relationship? And, you know, it wasn't what he actually did. It's why was I there? Why did I allow it? So it was a lot of peeling of the onions, um, a lot of digging deep and really coming to terms with all my behaviors, accepting them, but then moving forward, not beating myself up. And I hope this your book will be cathartic for other women who have yes. been in similar situations. Yes, and and I always say you don't have to live through a, a murder or have your husband be convicted of a crime to be able to get something from the book. That's just one part of my story. Right, and you found your voice, which I think a lot of times in my book, my character also learns how to find her voice. Because right. she has pushed it down for 17 years because she doesn't yes. know who she is anymore. Yes. So I can totally yes. understand in your book how it took you a while to get through all that and then find out who you were. Yeah, exactly. And Barbara has a little bit about that in her book too, but I wanna say that I don't know who's saying this, but um, uh, we have someone who's offered to review the books um, and books and more with Jewish ladies. So please direct message me afterwards and I'll make sure you know how to get in touch with these ladies so that you can do that. That's quite a generous offer. We're so happy to have you. And um, for those people who we can see your names, it's great to have you as well. Barbara, you have a story very much about finding out who you are and finding your voice. Tell us more about that. Well, first I wanna say 
we do have a connection here because we're all talking about family. Mm. And when you think about it, so many books that we write are about family because what's the most important thing to us? And that's our connection, I think, here. That's our connection with society. That's our connection with our readers. Um, I delved into what would be at the time the book takes place, a situation that was not accepted. I delved into the um, same-sex relationships, um, which took a lot for me to delve into. Um, and I did it purposefully in the time frame that I set the book. Well, for two reasons. One, because it was a um, prequel, but it all of that came about because of one sentence in Nowhere Near Goodbye, where um, Emma asks her mother what the relationship is between Maggie and the woman she loves, Anne. And she says, Emma says, Maggie and Anne are best friends. And her mother says, well, yes, but they're more than that. And so Emma looks at that as they're friends, but it's complicated. And that's exactly what it is. It's complicated. And delving into that um, was at a time even with um, Nowhere Near Goodbye, we were talking about in the 1980s and the early 1990s. Again, not totally acceptable. Um, but I go back to 1949, where God forbid you should even think such a thing. And that's what Maggie has to deal with. And that's why she sees herself as standing alone as being unlovable, unloved, and she does everything she can to hide her feelings. And she basically wastes a lot of that love that she has. So it's an interesting concept. Um, I enjoyed very much writing this book. It's definitely the story of my heart and um, I am anxious to see how it's received. I'm as well. Elizabeth, let's talk a little bit and then let's go to Leslie about families, picking up on what Barbara was talking about. I'm so glad you did. I just had that in my head. So many of us, um, several of us have um, found family, the idea of found family in our novels. And that's such a popular trope right now. Um, and so when uh, Dare goes to um, see Caroline and try, and she's trying to fit in at Crutopia, um, they come to terms with, um, despite their differences, they come to terms and must confront and grapple a lifetime of family secrets and misunderstandings. But they learn that, and this is the theme of the novel, that not only is the mother-daughter relationship the strongest bond of all, but that it has the power to influence generations to come. Mm 
And so we, this, it all evolves into this, um, you know, dare stays there. Um, oh, I'm going to say a spoiler. Caroline has a baby. <laughs> and um, then the other characters, there are so many things going on with them. I just didn't have time to fit them in. But then uh, Dare's love interest from 35 years ago comes and builds a cabin near where they are. So they're all going to be together in this one big family, supportive family. Wonderful. Leslie, I thank you, Elizabeth. Leslie, I love that you did that sandwich generation. I, I actually wrote my book because I wasn't sandwiched anymore, but I could relate <laughs> so much to um, the, the losses that you portray that women feel. Would you talk more about that? And then I want to go back to Tamara with, for different kinds of losses. Sure. Um, well, first of all, when you have kids, you spend so much time raising them that you don't stop to think at some point they will be adults and they will be on their own. So as that's going on, you also have parents that you just don't really think they're ever gonna get older and all of a sudden they're getting older. And so you're kind of in the middle, you know, trying to help them out and help your kids. But at the same time, the loss comes in because when your child does leave, it does feel like a loss, even though you're not losing them it feels like a part of you is going. And then as your parents get older or pass away, you're also another kind of loss. So you're kind of in this middle place where you feel really alone at times because you don't know which way to go and you kind of feel like, oh wait, you know, I'm losing this side and I'm losing that side. And a lot of times whoever you're with, your marriage, um, like Barbara was saying, it can be gay, spouse, you know, partner, whatever it is, if you're in a long-term marriage, that goes up and down. And you can also feel lonely in a marriage. And so I wanted to deal with all of those things that Maggie's going through and that a lot of women go through in the middle of their lives when they're trying to figure out, okay, now what? And I'm dealing with all this stuff. And when that stuff is gone, they're sort of left standing. And it's about choices very much, isn't it? Yes. You know, which choices you make all along the way. And mm -hmm. Tamara, you were talking about the kinds of choices you had to make as a mom and as a woman to transition. So let's hear more about that. Um, well, you know, when you talk about losses too, like, I, you know, when I had a transition, I think the biggest thing that I was grieving was um, not my marriage, but it was the loss of the dream of a family. And I think as a child, that's all I ever wanted. So transitioning from that becoming reality that, okay, you don't have the family that you thought you were gonna have. It's a very different family. It was very, you know, cause there was a lot of dysfunction in there. So I had to also pull apart what was dysfunctional and what is not dysfunctional, you know, becomes your everyday norm when you live with it for so many years. Mm. So really just starting to, you know, look at those to transition into becoming who I am today. And Leslie, you're so true about that because all of a sudden the kids are gone, everything, you know, where where do we go? What do we do? You know, so that is that was very interesting. I can see how we all kind of relate with that within the family. You know, my mother was my biggest supporter. My book is is, is dedicated to my mother. Yeah, so I could just see how all of those pieces, you know, fit. 
Well, in our comments, we have a lot of people who are relating to everything that we're saying. So uh, hopefully here on our premiere episode of Launchpad, we're hitting the right balance. Barbara, tell us a little bit about your path to publishing and tell us more about how people can find you and your book. Okay. Um, I would not recommend anybody take the path I took. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll share it anyway. Well, you're a USA Today bestseller, so some of us may wish to take that path. Um, yeah. Um, again, who knows? I mean, I've been, um, I've been blessed. I've been extremely lucky. Um, I didn't. I've always wanted to write, and I wrote just for myself. Um, I wrote for some of the careers that I've been in, but not fiction, obviously. Um, and I didn't start writing seriously until I retired, mm -hmm. which was at age 64. And I wrote my first book, the, you know, instant USA Today bestseller, took me six years to write. That's how instant it was. And I did everything wrong when I wrote that book. In fact, a very good friend of mine, a member of um, Bookish Road Trip, Wendy Gold Rossi, was the very first person I gave my manuscript to. And she was so kind. She had it and she had it and she had it. And I never heard from her. And I thought, oh, my God, she hates it. And finally, she contacted me and she said, um, maybe you need to rethink this, you know, because I thought you just sat down and you wrote your story. I know, knew nothing about pacing. And oh, pacing, and yeah. Nothing. I, and so, so I learned. So I said, okay. And, and I learned and I took classes and I learned and I rewrote and I rewrote that book so many times. And then when I published it, which is my next, um, I don't recommend, I only sent it to one publisher. And I said to myself, I'm done. If this publisher does not accept my book, I'm done. Yes, I put all those eggs in one basket. And the publisher accepted it. So, and the very first thing the editor said was, We've got to tear this book apart. And so I rewrote the book again. <laughs> the truth to publishing. Yeah. Elizabeth, tell, uh, tell what us perseverance. About, <laughs> Elizabeth, tell us about yours, and then we'll just go to Leslie and Tamara as we're almost ready to wrap up. Well, I, um, I didn't start writing. I had a career in teaching 20 years before um, I decided I wanted to um, just start a new career, did a little career pivot at 55, and I have written four books. Three of them are published. Um, my agent, I found, I landed an agent, and I thought that was the be-all, end-all. I had it made. I was going to be a bestseller and traditionally published, um, but that didn't happen. It was um, at the tail end of COVID, and um, it, she was not able to sell either books three or four. So I decided to become an indie author, and um, I even started my own publishing entity called Evocative mm -hmm. Publishing LLC. 
and you'll see that in my in my books. But I believe that I will continue to self-publish. Okay, wonderful. And I'm also going to say we are getting great comments. I'm going to ask each of our guests to go back into the comments on our shows because some people want recommendations for classes and they have questions about characters. So I'll guarantee that all of our listeners will go into those comments and make those um, answers for you. Leslie. Um, yeah, I, I started as a sitcom writer a long time ago. And um, when I stopped doing that, then I was writing essays for Huffington Post. I had another career pivot. And then when I decided to write this novel, I also had no idea what I was doing. So I took a workshop and I worked on it and wrote, rewrote it a thousand times and then queried agents, which of course was like impossible because I was a new writer, even though I'd had an agent many years before. And so I ended up going with a publisher who, um, you know, I was so happy to get my book out there and I met so many people through my publisher. And now I have a second book that um, was just picked up by another publisher. So I'm going to get that out hopefully by next year. Fabulous. This is wonderful. I love hearing about all of your paths. Tamara, I'm sorry that your um, life history brought you to this, but I'm so glad that your book and your experience, strength, experience, strength and hope brought you to this. So tell us about that path to actually writing. Uh, well, Unlike everybody else here, I generally, uh, writing does not come easy for me. Um, I get stumped on it. In my doctorate program, I had to you know, write my dissertation and it was very hard, very grueling for me. But I was guided to do this. I wrote the first half of the book like 12 years ago and then it sat underneath my bed. And then little by little as I healed, I picked it up and I started to then add the second half because someone, someone had, um, asked me the question, how do you smile? You know, how, how do you wear that smile after everything you've been through? So for me, writing was one sentence at a time. I couldn't get myself really overwhelmed with it. And um, I was guided because I, I, I would just write. Sometimes it would just come out and I would write and I would cry and I would write and I would cry. And I couldn't do it on a, on a, on a computer. I had to handwrite it. So uh, I don't know why, but that's just how I was and I have all my manuscripts so it's really interesting and then I a, a friend of mine had recommended me to a publishing company who um, who picked it up so that's that's my story a little bit different from everybody else's so I am not your true uh, author who loves writing <laughs> but you are a true author as are each of author. you I, I could not thank each of you enough and for each of our guests we have over two dozen people who have uh, spent time with us today this has been the premiere episode of launchpad we hope that you follow these different authors find a book review a book and join us again next month when we have another episode of launchpad thanks so much everybody thank you grace thank you for having thank you. thank you grace thank you everyone this episode is copyrighted by grace salmon and authors on the air global radio network Thank you for visiting with us on Launchpad.